This is How We See It, a look at issues that impact our faith and community. For the next few minutes, we'll explore topics with people who are making a difference in our world. This is How We See It. I'm Deacon Mike Sweeney. Our guest today is Stephanie Pontelitz. Stephanie is the Executive Director and CEO for Lighthouse for the Visually Impaired and Blind. That's a nonprofit serving residents in Pasco, Hernando, and Citrus Counties with visual impairment or blindness. Stephanie, I actually saw commercials not too long ago that was talking about helping you if you are blind and not able to sleep at night. I was kind of shocked to see a commercial on national TV assuming that it really wasn't that big of a problem. Do we really have that many blind and visually impaired people? There are quite a few blind and visually impaired residents in all of our counties throughout the state of Florida. And our particular lighthouse focuses on Pasco, Hernando, and Citrus. And we serve over 300 residents in our lighthouse alone. And with the other lighthouses, they have very similar numbers, if not greater numbers in some of the bigger cities. I love what you're doing. Two nonprofit organizations, we're talking about you and also the Coalition for the Homeless of Pasco County, you're combining to do an amazing thing because you have visually impaired people that want to work, homeless people that need clean clothing. So tell us about what you're doing to combine these two needs. This is still in its infancy stages. And so the CEO of the Homeless Coalition, Jennifer Watts, and I took a class over at St. Leo focused around employment opportunities for nonprofits. How do we create businesses where we can employ our clientele who have a very high rate of unemployment and give them the opportunities that everyone else has. And how can we do that where it is sustainable and bringing funding back into our agencies? So the university did a wonderful class on that and Jennifer and I partnered up and our final exam was to determine what kind of business would we like to see? So we created what you would consider a class project, which is now coming to fruition or is coming to fruition. And that was, like you said, Laundry service. So can laundry change lives is our question that we're trying to answer. Over 70% of those who are visually impaired or blind are unemployed. And most of those want to work. They want to be productive citizens in our society, as do those in transitional housing who are considered homeless. We're not talking the homeless on the street or those living in tents. These are folks who are in the transitional housing. They're looking to get permanent housing, but maybe they don't have that stable employment to move them on to the next level or to get them that renter's background that they need. Or maybe they just need a couple of paychecks so they can put that deposit down on rent and become a stable resident. And so we are looking to create a laundry service at our lighthouse. We have a 3,000 square foot facility in the back of our building that we currently run a couple of different businesses out of. And so our idea right now that we are working to achieve is to put in some commercial washers and dryers we will work with different shelters, homeless shelters, runaway shelters, domestic violence shelters to partner up to see if we can get contracts to do their linens for them, as well as potentially Airbnbs, VRBOs, if we can be doing the linen services for those folks to take that pressure off of them. And then the idea is that the folks in transitional housing, Jennifer's clients, would drive to pick up the linens they would bring them to our facility because my clients can't drive. So that is something that their clients are much needed in this partnership. And then our clients would do the sorting, processing, cleaning, folding, and then give it back to her clients who would then drop it off and deliver it. So we would have this kind of functional service there that we could 
provide and bring income in where we could provide paychecks to those folks and then eventually grow it and maybe someday get it big enough where we can be maintaining hospitals and other very large facilities that have beds or other linens. So right now we're still in this infancy class project, but the idea seemed to hit home with so many people that we kind of got overwhelmed by the love and support that we got once the community heard about it. So we're hitting the ground running and and really funding this project is going to be our first step to getting it done. But in the meantime, we're working on the business proposal. What is it going to look like? How is it going to get? And pre-identifying who we'd like to employ If the time comes, we'll be ready to just pull the trigger and go. The fact that you already have the site where you can install the equipment is huge. Yes. So we're very, very lucky to have that. We had been in the same office for almost 40 years, and we were really grateful to the county of Pasco to have rented that building to us for a dollar a month. So we were able to set money aside every month during that time for our own building. And so in 2019, we were able to build a building that really provided our functional needs. And so we are grateful for that. We are lucky to have an electrician who sits on our board of directors. So we're going to be able to outfit that with the proper electrical outings and fence and all the other good stuff that comes with washers and dryers. So we are very grateful for our partnerships in the community because it does allow us to happen. And and to have that space has been an amazing opportunity for us for a variety of reasons. What are the costs involved when you're dealing with commercial-grade equipment versus just going and buying some Maytag? It's not going to be something that you would see in a regular house, right? No, no. It's definitely going to be probably twice as large, if not a couple times more. I don't know the exact size limitations on that, but it's at least double to triple the cost of what you would normally go into like a Sears or a Home Depot to get. So upfront costs are really what is prohibiting us from moving forward at this point. But we're working together to see what grant opportunities are out there. There have definitely been some donor organizations that have reached out to us and are working with their constituents to see if someone would be willing to start up or at least partner with us to be in this startup process. But in the meantime, we'll continue to do what we can and continue to work behind the scenes to get it all ready. Can you give us a hint about how much the startup would be? We're looking at about $50,000 for startup. That's not bad. Not horrible, no, not considering what it's going to bring to the table. So you're going to have these services available to the community. We're already forming out the contracts so we can start getting those partnerships up and running to provide jobs for at least two to three people in the beginning. And that 50000 does start with some upstart salary costs so that they're not working for free. And then who knows where it could grow to from that point. So 50000 could turn into who knows what kind of investment down the road. Especially if you're talking about eventually getting some contracts with hospitals and B&Bs, and that's huge. Yeah, there is the Goodwill of South Florida does this. Unbeknownst to us, this was something that just came in our head. And as it started to hit the world, some of our partners came to us and said, did you know that Goodwill does this down in South Florida? So I've talked to the gentleman. They even have a vice president of laundry down there. So they are in a $20 million facility. It has gotten to that size. I'm going to start small because that's a little overwhelming, but I would love to see us in 10 years, five years, be in a $20 million processing facility. But for right now, we're happy to start small and just employ as many people as we can and provide that service to the community and to our clients. Tell us a little bit more about Lighthouse. I love the whole Lighthouse theme. I'm a nautical type guy. So when you say Lighthouse, you hooked me already. So what is it that you do? So we have been around. We're celebrating 40 years this year in Pasco, Hernando, and Citrus County. We service all residents with visual impairment and blindness from our brand new babies all the way through our seniors. 
So for our little ones, our zero to five-year-olds, it's really teaching those parents tips and tricks to help them reach their milestones. A baby is going to want to crawl because it wants to put something in its mouth. Well, if it can't see that, there are other ways to get that baby to want to crawl. Squeaky toys, rattles, flashing lights, something like that. It's overwhelming enough when you're a new parent. So giving them that kind of sense of it's going to be okay, your child still has a future, your child can still work, still go to school, still do everything they want to do. We just have to tweak a few things. So giving them that peace of mind has been great. Then our kids, our six to 12 year olds, getting them ready for school. How do you advocate for yourself in the classroom? How do you tie your shoes? It may seem silly, but how do you zip up a jacket? Try closing your eyes the next time you zip up a jacket or close your eyes the next time you try tying your shoes. It is a lot harder than you think it would be. So helping them get through all of that. And then our teenagers, we really work on workforce readiness. Just because you're visually impaired or just because you're blind is no excuse to sit on mom and dad's couch for the rest of your life. So what are you going to do? And we really try to say, okay, with this or any additional barriers you may have, you may be really great at that. We just ended our summer camp with our teenagers where they worked three weeks in the community. And we had one hired at Publix right at the end of his three-week term. He was so good and loved his job there and was so grateful for the opportunity that they hired him on the spot. What was his reaction when he found out he was going to have a permanent job? He came running into the office and he came running down the hall to my office and he was like, Miss Stephanie, Miss Stephanie, I got hired today. And I was like, oh, I'm so proud of you. And he was like, I'm just, I'm so excited. It made me so happy. We've had him since he was a little kid. And so to see him growing, and he's one of those teens that has a lot of energy. So sometimes you have to funnel that energy into something productive. And that's not unusual to visually impaired or blind. That's a teenage thing. Any child could have that. And so to have him so focused on a a mission and to have loved it and to enjoy it, and then for somebody to recognize his talent, you get that proud mama moment, you know? And so you're just so happy for him and you're happy for all the teens because they get to see that happening as well. Can you talk a little bit about the Homeless Coalition? Homelessness is a huge issue. If you don't know that, go down to the Riverwalk and you can see a large population. Now, I realize this project is not necessarily to help them now, might it someday? Quite possibly, especially if there is transitional housing that needs linen services done that could. Like I said, it would benefit those who are looking to get that job experience. Because of the populations that we both serve, they are highly stigmatized. There's a lot of assumptions that I don't want someone who's homeless working in my business. How can someone who's blind do something in my office? We can work around those barriers. We just need to be given the shot. And so It's a natural correlation with us and the Homeless Coalition because they are facing very similar stigmatizations. And so with the Homeless Coalition, they handle all from those who are on the streets and in the woods to those who maybe you saw it a lot in 2008 when people were starting to get foreclosed, people working two, three jobs trying to pay their mortgages, still can't. Right now we're seeing renters increasing prices to points where they can't afford to stay there. And these are folks who are employed. Maybe they got kids in school. They never intended to be homeless. So life happens and they're there to help them with that as well. I actually was talking with a woman recently who ended up homeless living in the woods and giving birth in the woods. And that's local. Yeah, I can't imagine anything scarier. And she never pictured herself living in the woods in the Tampa Bay area. 
but mm-hmm. you are one disaster away from living in, in the woods mm-hmm. yourself. So helping people back into jobs and housing mm-hmm. is a gigantic need. So kudos to you for working on one part of that. Clean clothes. I mean, nobody's going to hire somebody that comes in Correct. just completely disheveled and messy mm-hmm. and everything else. So good for you for helping solve that problem. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Independence is our goal, whether you're a senior or you're living on the streets or whatever. We want them to be independent as much as they want to be. You need to raise $50,000. How can our listeners help you raise that fifty? And where can we learn more about this project? Sure. Our Lighthouse website is lvib.org. That's Larry Victor Indigo Bravo.org. So Lighthouse for the Visually Impaired and Blind.org, L-V-I-B.org. At the very top, you're going to see a button that says Donate. There'll be a little spot for Note right for laundry service. So we know that that's what your intention is for. If you just want to donate to our mission, you can do that there too. But if it's the laundry service, then we know that the Homeless Coalition is a part of that as well. We will set that towards that project and keep you posted of how we're doing and the status of where we're at. They can always call me at 727 815-0303 and ask for me and I'd be happy to talk with anybody who's interested in being a part of this. So Stephanie, in our few seconds left here, what do you say to the public to try and gain a little bit of support from them? I would say it takes a village to get this done. We can have all the great ideas in the world, but sometimes you've just got to rely on others to help get you to the next step. And that's where we're at right now. And so We're grateful for anyone who understands what we're trying to do and is willing to help. And anyone who just wants to volunteer or be with us in any capacity, we are grateful for the assistance because we can't do it alone. And there's so many limited resources out there. And if they are willing to help us, we are so happy to have that. More information at LVIB.org? Correct. All right, Stephanie, thanks for coming in. All right, thank you so much for having me. This is Stephanie Pontlitz from Lighthouse for the Visually Impaired and Blind, and this is How We See It. You're listening to How We See It, a look at issues and ministries that are having an impact in our community and world. If you missed any of today's program, you'll find a copy on Spirit FM SoundCloud page. There's a link to it at myspiritfm.com. Now, back to our program. This is How We See It. I'm Deacon Mike Sweeney, and our guests are Lou Ricardo, Lou is the Director of Marketing and Donor Relations, and Laura Ramos. Laura is the Director of Medical Clinics, Pregnancy, and Adoption Services. Did I get your titles right? Yes, you did. Yes. All right. So you have a big gala coming up in November. Can you talk about that, Laura? November 4th. Yes. We have a great event coming up. It benefits all Ministries of Mercies from Catholic Charities. Doors actually open at 6 p.m., but you can check out our auction at 4 p.m., and it's going to be greater and bigger than ever. We do have the auction, like I said, and you can walk in and do your early bidding right after Mass in St. Lawrence. And then we have our guest of honor, Bob Perron. He's going to be giving his thoughts about what it is to raise funds for nonprofit entities. And as I said, we're just excited this year. There's a cowboy team. We have games. We got prizes. We have a raffle going on this year. So we're pretty excited. So that's at St. Lawrence in Tampa? That is correct, yes. Lou, last year's numbers were very impressive. Did I see you raised over 400000 
Yeah, including one very large gift. We raised over $420,000 and had over 500 people in attendance. And as Laura said, we're always challenging ourselves to break those and go higher and greater. And to do that, we emphasize the celebration, part of the celebration of life. And it really is a thanks to those who have helped us achieve what we've achieved, our donors, our advocates, our volunteers, in allowing us to help the people we do help. You are all under the Catholic Charities umbrella, right? That is correct. The fundraiser from the gala from last year and also this year's gala, what organizations under that umbrella will this go towards? It goes for the medical clinics. It goes for foundations of life, adoptions. It goes for immigration, financial assistance, housing, all of us. As Laura said, we have three ministries of mercy, Mm -hmm. shelters of hope, friends in need, and foundations of life. And they're fairly self-explanatory. Shelters of hope, we have homeless shelters, Tampa Hope, the most recent, Pinellas Hope, We have affordable housing, elderly housing. We also have friends in need, immigration, medical services, financial assistance for people. And then our foundation life, obviously, Laura leads Mm -hmm. that, our pregnancy centers, adoption services, and others. And so all those programs benefit from this. This is our major fundraising event for the year, and all the programs benefit. And they can read more online about us at ccdosp.org, our website. So what are some of the items that will be available for the silent auction part? Oh, we do have hotel stay. We have toys. We have the Buccaneers, we're calling them right now. We have a lot of other auction items that we've done through the years. What can people expect decor-wise? Because it's at a parish hall. So is it going to look like one of those big gymnasiums that they try to make look like a ballroom? No, actually, we do have a decorator this year. And as I mentioned, it's all Western. So come with your boots, come with your cowboy hat. We're going to have fun. And we're trying to make it so that everybody just celebrates the fact that they help all these ministries. And it is mainly just a highlight of the night to just say thank you, but also say what our needs are so that they continue to support our programs. It's a celebrate life, but it's also a raise funds to help life. Correct. Yes. Beautiful. Are there sponsors this year? Yes. Our lead sponsor is Angels Senior Living, Bobby Bennett, St. Timothy Parishioner. And we're very grateful for him and his involvement, not just in sponsoring this event, but he's very active within the Catholic community. We've had our next level of sponsors, American Roofing and Sheet Metal Incorporated, Drew and Susan Pellabay, who are very supportive of our Tampa Hope Initiative, and Chris and Lauren Shellman are at that level as well. And they've been longtime supporters of Foundations of Life. Then we have many others, but many of the parishes, parishioners of the parishes, pull their funds together and the parish has sponsored us, St. Lawrence, St. Timothy's. Two other important ones, Steve and Nancy Westfall. Mm -hmm. So go to Steve's. He's a local restaurateur, and they've been great supporters of Catholic Charities. And then Bill and Joy Stevens, who are longtime supporters of Foundations of Life. You raise an amazing amount of money, and I'm curious how things were with COVID, and how long did it take you to rebound to this type of level? People were generous, and they knew that we were in need. However, we are still recovering from it. Actually, people are still in need of services. I can give you an example. In my program, we have extended services now, whereas before we only serve pregnant moms. Now we can serve guardians, and guardians including grandparents, includes fathers. And so now we also extend the services to children that are before the age of one. So that opens a whole nother door. You had like diapers one to size six tops. Now you need pull-ups. And so we are continuously evolving our programs, trying to reach more and more people in the community, trying to educate them and empower them so that they don't find themselves in the same situations. And so this is a great time to come out, see what we do, 
and just basically just donate your time, donate your money to a program that actually makes a difference in the community. So give us one more time the day, date, time, and where can we learn more information about the gala? November 4th, the auction opens at 4 p.m. The doors open at 6. You can buy tickets by calling 813-631-4398 or by going online to ccdosp.org. Once again, that is ccdosp.org. Now, you have this huge gala coming up, Lou, but you are already thinking ahead to the Christmas season as well. Can you talk about the Christmas collection that you're also working on? Many of the clients we have, many of them have children. And these are folks who barely make subsistence levels of income, so they don't have disposable income for presents for their children. So we try and make Christmas special. Clearly, we focus on Christ, but we also, for the kids, want to give them that Santa piece of it. Many parishes give to some of our programs, but we have a lot of kids. And so we decided this year to do a drive to collect toys for children from all of our programs. So starting November 1st through December 11th, We're going to ask folks to bring toys to anywhere from 8 to 10 locations. We're finalizing the list. We'll have it on our website. We'll place it on social media. And we're looking for, as I said, toys anywhere from 2 to 3 years old to 17. But we'll have two of our drop-off locations will be Foundations of Life Pregnancy Centers. And it's perfectly fine to give gifts for babies from infants, newborn, up until 2 years old, 1 year old. Anything from diapers, you name it, formula. They need that, and that works for those children as well. So it's not strictly a Christmas toy collection. It's also for families, really. Yeah, it's for families, and I really focus it on the toys part of it. But I do say for two of our locations that serve infants, we'll take other items that can benefit the babies. And drop-off areas are in different counties, too, so you don't have to come all the way to Tampa, to Hillsborough County, but we have them in Pasco and Hernando as well and Pinellas. So you can choose what's easier for you to drop off that toy or just leave something for the children. We always make it easy. Let your fingers do the walking. You can text the word MERCY to 91999 and put a note there. It's for Christmas collection, and then we'll make sure those funds go to purchasing toys and get them to the kids that need them. So if you do text that number, you'll receive a fill-in form where you can make a donation? If you text the word MERCY to 91999, you will receive an online donation form, Okay, and you can put a note there. It's for the Christmas collection. For guys like me, like I, I just won't be going into any stores for any reason for like two months. <laughs> so, yeah, I understand. <laughs> we also, and we haven't finalized it, Amazon, we had a charity list on Amazon, and we'll, we'll try and recreate that. That's another venue or avenue, rather, for people to go to give toys. You'll look up Catholic Charities, and we'll have a charity list there, and you can purchase toys there as well. Can you just give us a little hint? I know you're working on a final list of where toys can be dropped off, but can you give us some that you definitely know? Well, we're definitely going to be, as Laura said, Pinellas County, Pinellas Village Apartments, which are a Catholic Charities affordable housing unit. We have offices in Clearwater on Prospect Avenue. Bush Boulevard is one of our primary offices in Tampa. The two Foundations of Life locations, one in Dade City, one in Spring Hill. Tampa Hope, our homeless shelter. And then we have two places in Pasco, our Felicity House in Hudson and Pasco Family Shelter in Port Ritchie. And then we're hoping for two of the parishes to join us. Now, I read somewhere that you helped last year 18,000 clients. That's the size of a small city. Yeah, actually, that was our prior year. This past Mm -hmm. fiscal year, we served over 20,000. 
as Laura said, it runs the gamut, mm-hmm. everything from immigration services, where we serve over 2,000 people, the medical clinics, about the same number, financial assistance. That's one of the greatest needs. We're not out of the economic struggles in this country. And as anybody that reads notes, rents are incredibly high. People cannot afford to live anymore. And so a lot of what we do is help people with rents, mortgages, utility assistance as well. People are fine one day and then all of a sudden they're thrust into tragedy. You know, somebody dies, a house burns down. I mean, these things happen every day. And where do you go? Our clients are very diverse. They can be just one moment, have a job and have a house, and suddenly they cannot afford food for their baby. So they come to our locations and they're like, can you help me? And so we can give them that emergency assistance, uh, enroll them in the program. People come in like in expensive cars and say, I'm living off of it because I lost my home. We have pregnant mom right now that we're looking for a place to put her in because there's nothing out there for her. And so the need is out there. People are just trying their best. And what we do is we not only just give them a handout, we give them a handout. We want to just empower them. So our programs, all of them motivate our clients, and that's just what we love to do. All right, so going back to the gala, that's the next event that you're talking about. Will there be entertainment there? We've evolved this so it truly is a celebration. And what is a celebration without music? So this year we'll have a DJ who will provide music. We'll have a small area where folks can dance, and we're going to see how that works. We think it's going to be wildly uh, successful and people will love it. And our plans are next year to have a live band and have a larger dance floor and get folks out there truly celebrating with dance. Our dance floor this year will include line dancing by our adoption agency. There will be line dancing, so that will be fun. Line dancing. dancing. You will not see me up there. No, (laughs) either me. No. Okay, give us one more time the dates of the gala, and then Lou, follow up with the Christmas collection info. So, Laura, you're up. The gala is November 4th at Higgins Hall or St. Lawrence. Doors open at 6 p.m., but you can check out the auction at 4 p.m. You can just come out there and do your early bidding or your buyout now. And, Lou, the Christmas collection? We're going to begin November 1st, and it'll end December 11th. And we have drop-off locations. Folks can go on to our website, ccdosp.org, to read what those are. We'll also do social media posts. And on Spirit FM's website, we'll list them as well. Our guests today have been Lou Ricardo and Laura Ramos from Catholic Charities. And this is How We See It. Thanks for listening to today's program. This presentation and others like it are made possible by supporters like you. If you'd like a copy of today's program, make comments or suggestions, and to help us keep this important programming on the air, visit myspiritfm.com slash how we see it.